It's springtime, friends. Are you at your happiest and healthiest? If you're not, and if you are, to maintain, you might want to check out our healthy seasonal cooking spring webinar that Chef Val and I are hosting with a guest speaker, Carrie Loeb, which many of you might already know of. He was a past guest on Macro Magic with Michelle, and he's going to talk about the energy of spring. And the webinar is going to be all about spring health. So the main organs we're going to be talking about are the liver, the gallbladder, and the nervous system, which many of you struggling with any type of mental illness might want to tune into because a lot of mental illness stems from imbalance in our body and the blockage of the liver creates a stagnation in our energy and it often affects our mental health and our nervous system as well. There's increasingly more evidence that an imbalanced nervous system affects our mental health more and more. So, the vegetables we're going to be using as the stars of our recipe are green beans, asparagus, green peas, broccoli, parsley, and dandelion greens. You might already know from other content that I've shared that the signature flavor of spring is sour. So that all the recipes are gonna have that little sour taste in them. And the whole grains we're going to focus on are barley, oats, rye, and wheat. And some of the beans we're gonna focus on are green lentils, black-eyed peas, and split peas. And what you get in this webinar is going to be a live demo of original recipes that Chef Val and I have created, nutritional information about the food, real-time interaction, and an opportunity to ask questions. Lots of questions. We love questions, girl. You'll also get a copy of the recipes being presented. Um, they'll be emailed to you before the webinar. You'll also have access to the recording if you want to go back and rewatch what we demoed. Um, and like I said, Carrie Loeb will be teaching the ancient and powerful Eastern self-massage technique to support the spring organs. This is called Doween. It directly addresses chronic health conditions such as fatigue, digestive issues, diminishing lung capacity, and more. And, and this webinar will be presented April 23rd from 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And here are the recipes we're going to be presenting. So I will be presenting the first recipe. It's a zesty lemon blueberry pudding. Chef Val will then present an uplifting split pea soup with fennel. And I'll also be presenting a savory and sour whole oat porridge. 
Chefel will then present a colorful barley asparagus greens medley with black garlic. I will be presenting spring blanched vegetables with tahini lime sauce. And finally, Chefel will present a drink called Love Your Liver Sweet Dandelion Tea. So if you're struggling with any issues correlating with the liver, gallbladder, or nervous system, or if you're experiencing a lot of anger, all of these issues tend to come to the front during springtime, and you'll learn more about why. This is based off of the five transformations of energy. Once again, Chef Val, Carrie Loeb, and I will explain to you more what that means. But the main thing is, if you're struggling with these issues, there's help for you. And this is natural, holistic health that anybody could benefit from. And you can go to macroval.com and register now. We hope to see you there. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Macro Magic with Michelle. I am your host, Michelle Williams, also known as the Freedom Fairy on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, on the internet you can find me. Once again, recording another podcast episode while I'm driving. <laughs> don't try this at home. I don't recommend it. But oh, I'm going to put my little phone on the place where I have my steering wheel. And I think we're good to go. Anyway, this podcast episode is going to be about Binding Feet. I got inspired by a post that I saw on Instagram today. Just talking about the old tradition of binding feet in China. I'm not sure if other cultures did this in Asia, but... It's a pretty gruesome thing that women did in the name of the beauty standards. And, of course, I've known about it. I don't remember the first time I heard about it. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, since I was, like, 9 or 10, around that time, I think is when I first heard about it. And I always thought it was so crazy. I mean, if you see the images, it's really disturbing. And like I said, I don't know exactly what time frame this is popular, how long it it, it um, was in fashion, but some of the pictures seem kind of recent. And by recent, I mean like black and white pictures, maybe 50s, 40s, I don't know, um, so, 
made the connection in my head about how it's not that different from the effects of point shoes. This old, antiquated, disturbing beauty tradition of finding your feet. We can all say, I mean, most of us can say that's pretty disturbing, that's pretty gruesome, but when it comes to ballet, I mean, people still use those same words for what ballet dancers do to their feet in the name of their art. But my question is, why is it still accepted? You know? A lot of... So listen, friends. Ballet was created by Europeans. White people. Okay? So... So, um, it was not based in, in tradition, I mean, it was tradition, um, like, in the courts of, of France, but, I mean, it wasn't, like, a natural, it didn't come up, um, like, naturally within within mainstream people. So I think this plays a big part I hope you guys can still hear me. <laughs> my phone's sliding all over uh, my dashboard. But it didn't come up as a result of humans interacting with nature. Some storylines, especially the storylines of the romantic ballets from the romantic period of art, of course, that those storylines came from interaction with nature. There's so many references in those, in those ballets to fairies, animal spirits, or um, nature spirit, and um, also, of course, with the spiritual realm, spirituality, but the art form itself came from inside of a castle, basically, inside of a, a noble court, so very far removed from nature, very far removed from spirituality, more connected to indulgence more connected to um, showing off some kind of superiority, a way to show off in that way. Um, which, I mean, <laughs> and not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but I'm just saying this, this art form was not created specifically for health. This art form was not created specifically for connecting with the spirit realm. This specific form of dance was created basically because people wanted to be entertained. Rich people wanted to be entertained. And to this day, <laughs> I mean, have you looked into how much it costs to see a ballet? It, it pretty much, 
I mean, a lot of things have changed, but who can afford to see the ballet more often? People with money. And, of course, this is a visual, in-person art form. The better seat, meaning the closer, basically the closer to the stage, the more that you can see the art form, I mean, it's going to be more money. <laughs> um, and it's really important because, I mean, this is, you know, it's not like a concert. A concert, the music is blaring, even if you're in the, the worst seat where you can't really see the performers. You got the loud music, you can still hear them. You can you have uh, one of those video camera screens where you can see them, even if you're in the worst seat. In a ballet theater, that's not the way it is. There's no cameras on the ballet dancers. There's no screen where no matter where you're sitting, you can see them. You know, this is um, this just this is just some aspects of this art form. So anyway, so forcing your foot into a point shoe is not that different, friends, than wrapping your feet, your toes underneath themselves to make your foot smaller. And I can't I can't tell you that I know this from experience where I know people who have done this, but there's plenty of rumors that certain dancers, especially from other countries, do crazy things to their feet in order to have a more aesthetically pleasing look to them. I mean, there's documentaries out there. You can, you can see for yourself. Once again, not saying that this is the norm, but, yeah, there are stories of dancers who, dancers, dance teachers, parents of the dancers, they literally break their bones in their feet in order to create a more aesthetically pleasing line. Once again, this is not based, it's not even based in science. It's not even based in science. It's purely for an aesthetic look. If you ask any doctor, hey doctor, I want to break a foot. In, I want to break a bone in my foot so that I could have a better arch, so it could look better on stage. What do you think the doctor is going to say? They're going to say, "Oh yeah, cool girl." Are they going to say that? Doubt it. <laughs> Doubt it. Um, and then there's also other rumors that that uh, some dancers are getting some kind of plastic surgery. Um, which, I mean, plastic surgery today, just for the normal, average person, honestly, I feel is out of control. I really do feel that way. I feel it's completely out of control. Um, and and what's making it worse is the fact that it's, that it's becoming more accepted. And before anyone that has gotten plastic surgery or is in favor of it starts getting upset with with what I'm saying, I'm not, it's not a moral issue. When I, when I say I don't support plastic surgery, it's not because I think you're a bad person. No. There are so many people that I know that I love that do these things that, you know, I've done a few things, um, and not that extreme, but 
it's not it's not that I think you're a bad person. It's not that you are bad. It's not that you are wrong. It's that this simply on a on a health on a <laughs> keeping your health intact level, this is not a good thing. Physically, mentally, spiritually, energetically, this is not plastic surgery is not a good thing. It's not in favor of your health on any level. It's simply for aesthetics. Which, talking about the topic that we're talking about, aesthetics change. No one binds their feet anymore. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, even within the past 10 years, even within your own lifetime, standards of beauty change. Your perception of what's beautiful changes. So, so meanwhile, why are you going to put your health, the most precious thing you have, the thing that's required for you to live on this earth, the thing that's essential for you to follow your dreams, the thing that's essential for you to be happy and to enjoy this life. So you're going to stake that in favor of a fleeting image of beauty, in quotation marks, which the argument that people say why they choose to do plastic surgery, the common the common argument they use is, well, I just want to do it. I want to do it for me. Meanwhile, after you get that plastic surgery and maybe another one and another one, what do you still think of yourself? You still, you're still not happy with yourself. So is it really for you? And is that the, the, the most effective way? Meanwhile, your health is also suffering at the same time. Physical, mental, spiritual health is suffering. This is what I mean. So, back to ballet. Even even those intentionally breaking of your foot, cosmetic surgery on your foot, that aside, okay, just the whole concept of, like I said, stuffing your foot into a point shoe and then placing your entire body weight on such a small diameter, such a small surface, the tip of a point, point shoe, very tiny, super small. Ballet is already hard enough without point shoes. It's, it's pretty much an impossible art form, which is why so many people who who tend to have a personality um, leaning towards perfectionistic, leaning towards highly self self critical, um, enjoy ballet because <laughs> because that's where their um, their personality best <laughs> is maybe more appropriate. But talk to any ballet dancer. Friends, it's a hard world to live in. It's an extremely difficult world to live in, um, the ballet world. You know, ballet dancers are in physical pain, and it's normalized, and you can't talk about it. And if you do, you're complaining. And if you do, you might lose your, your spot in the show. If you do, you know, everyone's going to... You know, there's just no, such a lack of 
of humanity, such a lack of acknowledging that you're a freaking human. In ballet, you can't acknowledge that you're a human. You can't. And having your point shoes, your feet hurt in point shoes, is just once again another thing that's accepted and tolerated. And it's like, oh, well, that just comes with it. Well, yeah, your feet are going to hurt in point shoes. That's just what it is. And you talk to any ballet dancer that's worn point shoes for a longer period of time, you'll they'll say, well, you just kind of forget about the pain. You forget about the pain. Not saying that it doesn't hurt anymore. It's that you don't for, you forget about it, or that your feet are in so much pain that you become numb to it. You build a, a pain tolerance, which in in holistic health, using natural methods of healing, and even even uh, Chinese medicine, pain, discomfort, is one of the the best tools that we have as individuals to know when something is not right with our body, to know that something is not, there's trouble with our health. So the fact that you hear all these ballet dancers say, well, you kind of get used to the pain. Well, you're, you, you get kind of numb to it. You kind of forget about it. You can't feel it anymore. What? That makes me go with all with experience as a ballet dancer, as a ballet teacher, and experience as a natural health educator. This is completely goes against each other. What and it, it brings me back to this ancient practice of, of wrapping the feet. And it's really interesting because I would think that, you know, older Chinese culture, Asian cultures would realize because because they know about how every organ, every system is represented in the feet, it's connected, it's connected to everything else in your body, why would they allow this? I wonder what kind of conversations have been had in that time when it while it was happening. Maybe this was a similar thing as with plastic surgery because it, it's purely aesthetic, has nothing to do with health, and in fact perpetuates more illness and discomfort. I wonder. It's a very interesting topic, but... So, yeah, my question is still, why is it still accepted in ballet? Why is it still accepted? Because, listen, friends, there are so many different types of point shoes. And, and the ballet world has made a lot of progress in a lot of ways. You know, talking about point shoes, there's way more different point shoe companies that have a lot more different styles of point shoes that allow that allow for greater comfort for different types of feet. So that that's something. But the whole concept of it is still 
I'm questioning how healthy is it? I, I really don't think that it's healthy. And once again, as a ballet dancer myself for many years, as a ballet teacher myself, um, you know, I left that industry not too long ago, and I remember I there was a I I had a macrobiotic friend who was an older lady, and she had she had a, like a, a hip replacement. She had some metal in her leg, and she told me, you know, when she when she um found out I was a ballet dancer, she's like, she started telling me it's not natural to dance on the tip of your toes like that, and in my mind, because I was still in that industry, I still was trying to cling on, cling to my dream, um, despite the many difficulties it was bringing me to, to try to stay with it, I got, I got pretty upset with her, I got really annoyed with her, like, who's this lady to tell me, you know, it's just it's pretty upsetting to hear. Um, to hear someone say that, and especially, like, <laughs> you know, macrobiotic people, there's just, there's just so many, so many things, um, you know, I can understand, I mean, sometimes macrobiotic people are extremely annoying. Everyone listening, you've probably been annoyed with me at some point talking about macrobiotics. And I've, you know, I've experienced being annoyed by macrobiotic people. Like, man, you're so, we're so annoying. So, so to, to, for, to have her tell me, oh my gosh, ballet is so not natural. I mean, it was really annoying for me to hear. I really didn't want to hear that. But honestly, you know... She's right. It's not natural. Um, it defies it defies nature in a lot of ways, which which is part of the the beauty and the magic. The, your ballet is like a separate world. It's a different realm. That's part that's part of it because we defy <laughs> we defy nature. Um, but the long-term effects, psychologically, physically, spiritually, I mean, I have to ask myself, is it worth it? And I feel like a lot of ballet dancers, I feel like a lot of ballet dancers have asked themselves that at some point in their career, whether they were just dancing for fun, you know, as children, or or whether they did more with it as part of their profession. Um, so, yeah, so what happens when you wear a pleat shoes? Basically, despite there being a lot more different kinds of pleat shoes now that offer um, more comfort for different types of feet, um, you know, you're still forcing your foot into a, 
more narrow and unnaturally shaped shoe than you would ever wear in real life. I mean, look at the ballet dancers and ballet dancers listening that have ever worn point shoes. You can't even walk normally in a point shoe because of the way that the shoe is shaped. It's not it's not comfortable even just to walk normally. The way that the shoe is structured. I mean I mean because it's not designed for that, it's designed for you to balance all of your weight onto a small surface, the tip of the shoe. So why would it why would it be comfortable for just walking? Look at the ballet dancers when they come off the stage. Look at how they walk. They walk crazy. Like they walk like I don't know, like the Tin Man or something like that. Because it's not comfortable to walk flat footed in point shoes. You don't walk like a normal person in point shoes. You can't. It's painful just to walk. Um not to mention if you if you were just on in point shoes dancing on point, um I mean your toes are <laughs> are in so much pain. Look at the look, friends, look at your toes. Look at your toes. Take off your shoes, take off your socks, look at your toes. How are those little phalanges how are they supposed to be supporting? your entire body weight, not just keeping it up, but keeping it in perfect alignment, doing all the crazy things that ballet dancers are supposed to do in point shoes. It's hard enough to do that without point shoes, just in regular soft shoes. It's hard to do any of that stuff. Now on top of it, now you have a, a smaller place of balance. And your toes, friends, the the physics of it, the, the reality is your toes get squished to fit into those point shoes. So, I mean, any good ballet dancer, any good ballet teacher will tell you that, you know, even though these shoes are designed to support us when we're on our very tips of our toes. The shoe is not supposed to hold you up. You are supposed to hold you up. Your little, your tiny little toes are supposed to support you. But how can they do that properly when they're being squished into the shape of a point shoe? And now there's a lot of little things that ballet dancers do to try to separate their toes, to try to make it as comfortable as they can. You know, um, there's so many things. Um, different kind of padding, um, lamb's wool. There's something called toe tape, which is basically a foamy, kind of plasticky kind of medical tape. There's lamb. Did I ever just say lamp wool? There's certain kind of socks. There's certain kind of gel pads. You know, all kinds of things. Um, paper towels. Um, 
different things that dancers use to try to make it more comfortable. But at the end of the day, it's not natural. At the end of the day, you look at any ballet dancer's feet, and you're going to see that they're not in the best shape. There's a whole bunch of calluses. There's a whole bunch of scabs. There's blisters. There's bruised toenails. You know, and so because... And then this is another thing. It's kind of like a weird, disgusting culture of, oh, look how messed up my feet are. Like, look how messed up my feet are. Meanwhile, it's like, what are you freaking doing to your body? Why are you proud of that? It, it has to do with those whole capitalistic, patriarchal, grind, hustle, basically kill yourself. mentality, like that is supposed to be like a, a sticker, like good job, meanwhile it's like what are you doing to your health, that is a reflection of your total health, and and you're just working yourself until you bleed, literally, you're working yourself until, I just, I really don't, I don't get how this is still acceptable. I mean, I do get it because, you know, most most people in this world, they're not thinking that, that hard about it. And most people in this world, especially the ballet world, the only people that would be really thinking about it would be people in the ballet world. But then again, people in the ballet world, is it's so capitalistic. It's so patriarchal. I mean, it's starting to shift, thanks to the Me Too movement, but it's so grind culture. I just told you guys. I just told you guys. You can't even say that you can't, you're afraid to speak up about an injury because you don't want to be classified as the slacker. Or, oh, she's just trying to make excuses so she doesn't have to, you know, rehearse today. So she doesn't have to do this really hard thing. Meanwhile, it's like, this is not even a natural way to move. This is an extremely dangerous way to move. And most people are not taught properly how to use the correct muscles, how to do things safely. There's no regulation. There's absolutely no qualifications you need to teach ballet. Anybody can teach ballet. Even if you've never taught ballet, you can open your own studio and say that you teach ballet. That's how unregulated it is. There's no, there's no system to keep teachers in check. Like, are you even teaching children the right way to use their body? Or are you just forcing them do things that have serious repercussions as they grow up, physically and mentally, as well as spiritually, but there's not, no regulation whatsoever, and once again, this is a culture where you don't ask questions, you're annoying if you ask questions. annoying if you say any it's very like the teacher's right 
so shut up and just do as you're told. The choreographer's right, so shut up and do as you're told. The director's right, shut up and do as you're told. That's what the that's what the culture is. Which makes sense. They came from freaking the palaces. How else is it how else are we, um Ooh, I think I I think I passed my exit. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I really think there's there's so much room for improvement in the ballet world. This is just one place. I mean, I don't know. Are, uh, should we just get rid of point shoes altogether? Because listen, I mean, it's been quite a long time since I've worn point shoes, and I mean that's a whole other journey, but. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to ever wearing them again. I I would be, I think I would be fine to get back into it. But I do have it in my mind. Ballet itself is, it's a, it's a good way to exercise. It's a fun way to exercise. It really makes you feel like you're in a different dimension, you know, a separate world, a magical world. But... Um, uh, but is that worth your physical health? I mean, because at this point, at this point, I think, I think my, my mental and spiritual health, I think they're in a, a very good place. I think my, my physical health is more, um, delicate just because I am much, you know, much older than I was <laughs> as a as a teenager when I started, so I do have to be more aware. And plus, I have been I have been training in ballet most of the time, not correctly, most of the time without much education or awareness of of what muscles to use, how to do things safely. That only came when I became a teacher myself. When when I went through the Royal Academy of Dance training which is, a, I think, a very good program, a very safe, uh, thorough educational program to, to not just teaching your students, but for anyone learning ballet. I think that's probably one of the safest, um, most sustainable methods to go about it is the Royal Academy of Dance. But, but, um, Yeah, I mean, I would just be more concerned at this point about my physical health because I have gone through some pretty, pretty big injuries with lasting effects. Um, so I don't know if point shoes, if, if they'd be in my future, but I think it's definitely something um, to discuss and to think about as a dancer. If you have children that do ballet, and I think even just to the regular person who has no connection to ballet, but just to think about like how things in our modern day we accept and are normal and we don't think twice about them, but 
they're very closely representing something that we think is very old-fashioned and not healthy and not acceptable, but yet we're still doing a version of it today. And it's and no one's even looking twice. Kind of, kind of interesting. So interesting. I mean, you could you could use this similar argument for just modern footwear, high heels. High heels, perfect example. It's a very similar, similar thing. It's not healthy. It's completely aesthetic only. It's very similar to binding of the feet. I mean, how many times do you hear women talk about how, how, um, you know, a pair of shoes is so painful, but they're so cute, so they'll still wear them. What? Oh my god, I could never. I mean, look, I'm not going to say I could never, because I definitely have some shoes like that. <laughs> but it's like, why is, I'm just asking, why is that still acceptable? Why is it still normalized? I don't know, man. I feel like there's definitely room for a very innovative designer to design some super cute shoes, maybe similar style, but much more healthy for our health. And I think that's, um, you know, maybe that's something for point shoes as well. But I mean, what? I really don't think it's natural. I mean, I think point shoes are even more unnatural than high heels. <laughs> so much more unnatural, I think. But then again, that's what gives it gives it its magic. It looks like the ballerinas are floating, you know? So it's a whole thing. <sighs> yeah. I just wanted to, to talk more about that. And um, I've arrived at my destination. Without, without any uh, problems. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Let me know. Um, you can leave a comment. You can leave a review. You can write me an email. Get a hold of me on my other social media platforms. Let me know what you think about this episode. If you ever, if you ever thought about this as well, if you have any extra thoughts. If you have any experience. This podcast is made possible in part by the patrons over on patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy, where you can also sign up and become a supporter. Video versions of Macro Magic with Michelle podcast are available for you to view on YouTube on my YouTube channel, The Freedom Fairy. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at the underscore freedom underscore fairy. You can also join my Facebook group, Sacred Space for Sensitive Women. 
If you like what I have to share, please rate five stars and subscribe to this podcast. Think differently and live peacefully. Hey, I wanted to give you a heads up. In 2022, I'm going to be starting a new series on my podcast called Peace Talks. And in this series, I am going to be addressing some difficult situations that you, the listeners, send in. So the whole point of this series is to help people see where they can make peace within difficult situations, difficult relationships, differences of opinion, differences between two people, how instead we can change the energy from being tense to being peaceful and being more loving and more receptive. So if you have a difficult situation in your life where you would like to make more peace between you and somebody else, you and a group of people, because you think differently, because you come from different backgrounds, send in your situations and your questions about how to make it more peaceful to the email address macromagicwithmichelle at gmail.com. And in an upcoming episode, I or my guests and I will be addressing your situation and help you to make more peace. 